You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to 3 a.m where we discuss and dissect the supernatural. I'm one of your hosts, Charles Hatch. What's the scariest thing you've encountered? That's been one of our favorite questions for years. 3 a.m. is the result of asking this question over and over again. Stories we share are typically sourced from those we know, our listeners, and personal experience, the validity of which can be determined by you, the listener. While we may not have all the answers, we find the culture and lore surrounding paranormal events and unnatural occurrences fascinating. We hope you enjoy. Did you ever have an imaginary friend? Yes. No. You did? I did. Tell us all about him, her, it. So, I, I, okay, I thought my imaginary friend was really unique, and even when I tell you, you might think it's unique. But then I found other people on the internet who had the same thing. So every time I would drive, or sorry, every time I would ride in a car as a child, I would stare out the window and I'd always imagine someone running and jumping on everything I passed by. So it's scary or kind of cool or funny. It was awesome. He would, he'd be like running and he'd jump on a house and then like a fence and then, you know what I'm saying? like up and down so it's like you're playing the the super early version of flappy bird bro yeah i was subway surfer or whatever oh, super yeah. mario speed run <laughs> suburban suburbia surfer <laughs> jesus <laughs> of suburbia so i thought that was like uniquely my experience until i saw a meme on imager and it was like anyone else stare out the window and imagine someone running on over everything and i was like oh my god I'm not allowed. Other kids saw him. So you didn't have a personal relationship with this. No, I never talked to him. So he was more of an imaginary acquaintance. Just imaginary, like, you do your thing and I'll observe. Yeah. (laughs) I never had an imaginary friend. Did Uh, you know anyone who did? Not, I don't think so. Which is weird because I was an only child for quite a long time. (laughs) So I just had no friends. (laughs) I was going to say, did you have any friends? (laughs) Uh, I think I already told you guys, but <laughs> like I would just go and find anything to have fun. So I remember I had an ukulele and my mom played violin. So I would go outside to find the straightest stick possible to try to play violin. <laughs> Bro, how Hawaiian are you, dog? <laughs> <laughs> I took my spam musubi, brother, <laughs> with my uku. <laughs> Went up to North Shore. <laughs> Mm. Cherry, bro. <laughs> Brand new, 2003. 2003. Brand new. <laughs> Have you ever seen Salad Fingers? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I never thought Salad Fingers was creepy. 
I remember it being weird because I was the the. It wasn't like the actual content was scary. It was that someone made this and spent <laughs> all this time making this. That was creepier to me. I thought the Who exact same this? thing about old Greg. I was gonna say old Greg, rusty spoons and do you like me? <laughs> I got like eight seconds into old Greg and I couldn't. Couldn't. Yeah, yeah I turned it off. It was so weird. <laughs> was that SNL? No, was, was it a skit? No. It was just like, was it just a YouTube video? <laughs> That's what I thought. I don't mm. know. Yeah. Definitely not SNL though. <laughs> Sean, tell the story about um, when you dreamed you murdered us all. Welp. <laughs> if <laughs> none of you thought I was a psychopath, <laughs> now you will. So one night, I'm just, you know, doing my thing, sleeping, and I have this dream. And in my dream, we're all at our house. We called it the trap house because we left our door open all day, every day. And people would come and go. We wouldn't know who they were. It was a trap house. It's like 12 o'clock, midnight. We're like, what should we go do? And one of us says, let's go check out a cemetery. That was Charles. <laughs> so we go and check out this cemetery. We go into this chapel that's at the cemetery and for some reason i can't explain it it was a dream not reality i don't know dog i picked up an axe and killed everyone that was in our group (laughs) (laughs) what did i say as i was dying i don't recall (laughs) and then the next day it's about midnight, and we're all chilling in this our is a re- room. This is a real story, by the way. This legit, legitimately happened. And Charles is like, yo, I just heard about this cemetery. We should go check it out. And I'm like, oh, hell no. Actually, Sean just got really quiet and awkward. And we were like, what's the matter? He's like, I don't want to go. And like, for like an hour, we're like, no, dude, you have to come. Like, we want to. We wanna. And then finally, he's like, let's just say... I had a bad dream, and I don't think I should go. <laughs> and after like, I don't know, 10 more hours of trying to convince him, he finally tells us that he dreamt that he killed us all. <laughs> At a cemetery. I was like, you ain't killing me. Let's go. And then you got, and then you underestimate my power. <laughs> anyway. So that happened. That was hella creepy. Did you feel kind of guilty? Should you ever feel guilty for a dream? No. It didn't happen. It's not reality. What about a dream if you cheated on your significant other? Bruh. I don't think so. One morning, <laughs> I woke up. My wife, I could just tell something was a little off. I was like, good morning. How are you? Oh. Uh, okay. Just peanut butter, baby. Yeah. Uh, nah. uh, you good? Yeah. Okay. Anyway, I could tell she was beefing. I had done something wrong, and I was like, what did I do, man? Trying to rack my brain. Did I do this? No, did I do that? No. And then later on, she was like, fine. I had a dream you cheated on me. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like, so relieved to hear. It was a dream. That like, yeah, it was a dream <laughs> why she was like, oh. Uh, and then, so I, I was kind of like laughing and being like, oh, like, you know, I'd never cheat on you, girl. Like, what are you talking? And then she's like, it was with Sean. <laughs> and then I started just howling in her face laughing. 
<laughs> did she like go into detail like did she see watch or smell anything she, she said or we she just, just like, heard about it in the she just said we like smacked lips but then later she said we like boned and i was like hold on hold on hold on <laughs> originally you said we just made out <laughs> this is a whole new she's been holding info <laughs> yeah it's a reoccurring dream what? she was like sean was a nympho and just <laughs> Um, she was like, he was a very submissive bottom. Um, <laughs> uh, and likes feet. Uh, Specifically, m- my Asian feet. Yeah. <laughs> he likes them small. With their nimble toes that can curl. Kept calling you Mulan. It Grip. Was, oh my gosh. <laughs> Girl worth fighting for. Dude. <laughs> bring honor to us all. <laughs> Update time. <laughs> Update. Update. Okay. Oh, man, that was so flat. So, <laughs> so you know how we were all like pretty concerned how not scared she was, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, after talking to her and she listened to the episode, she's like, I want to clarify. I was cautiously um scared she's like, like eh, whatever. she explained to me though one of the things that we were like questioning like her seeing the shadow right yeah she said that she has had sleep paralysis before and has seen that shadow now she went back and thought about the experience as well and doesn't remember like being able to move during that experience so she she's like maybe i was having sleep paralysis at the time and saw the shadow but what about the time when she walked into the living room and saw him on the couch? No explanation. Yeah, because she ain't sleep paralysis walking. But they did sage. They uh, haven't had any other experiences except they had another roommate ro- move in. <laughs> Get after. <laughs> and one time while she was at work, her roommate like texted her and was like, did you come home? And she, no, because she was at work, right? And then when she's like, well, um, I thought maybe you like left the TV on because I heard someone talking, but the TV wasn't on (laughs) and I thought it was in your room too. (laughs) I was like, are you kidding me? What the hell? Did they tell this new person? Nope. You're not going to tell the new roommate. (laughs) Guess what? (laughs) Until after the deposit, right? Yeah. (laughs) Hey, your room's a portal to hell or something. I don't know. (laughs) That's gross, bro. Yeah, no. That that's the s- latest update, though. That's wild. But she said that happened like uh, two weeks ago, maybe. I have more of a hopefully discussion. But earlier we talked about it. Have any of you ever heard of Hatman? Like the Babadook Hatman, or is there a different one? Because he has like a top hat, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Like a top hat. I think of like a. I think of like the neighborhood watch dude. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Okay. A silhouette. Yeah. I do know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's who I think of. So like a fedora, but not like a milady fedora, but that would be equally terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Either way, nope. Also nope. No, I, I've never heard of the hat man. Yeah, there are multiple people. Apparently it's a phenomenon. Hmm. Uh, people have seen hat man sitting on the... At the edge of their bed, oh. across a street, while they're at their house or something. Um, 
in fact one of our listeners messaged us about seeing Hatman. I I don't know. The stories all kind of sound the same. Usually he's wearing a coat. Um like a long coat. Mm-hmm. Or a pea coat kind of thing. And sometimes he's carrying a briefcase and he is slowly walking towards oh the person you know who can see him. So the way I envision it is like it follows. Right. Where it comes at like a slow pace, but it's just like steady and like unnerving at how like even the pace is and without like breaking like eye contact. Okay. Does anyone ever report him getting close enough to touch them? There is one person who talked about how they were astral planning. Oh, shoot. Which already you're in a realm that's no, 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 no. That's one red flag. <laughs> and Hatman, previous to him astral planning, Hatman just like existed in his room with him. Oh. But as soon as he started astral planning, Hatman started chasing him. What? Mm-hmm. So Hatman is something that like multiple people see across the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this person was astral planning. Hatman got so close once to his face, it scared him enough to go back into his body. Um, why would you astral plane if you already know the Hatman's there? <laughs> That's a another red flag, bro. You axing for it, dog? I'm not sure. I don't have much else on it except that. Interesting. There's a whole subreddit on it called Hatman. Damn, really? I like have never heard this. Neither Same. have I until like uh, like two weeks ago. Huh. Hmm. So I've read a bunch of the stories on there, and there, a lot of them are similar. There was one story of a brother and a sister who saw Hatman in their house growing up, but they never talked about it to each other. So they thought they were the what? only ones seeing them. So recently. They were talking, just reminiscing about their childhood, reminiscing about this house they lived in. And that then, motherfucker? <laughs> oh! Yes. That'd be terrifying. I already have chills looking at that. But it's just a... <laughs> you see that? You see that? <laughs> it's just a silhouette. You can't really see anything except the figure of a person. He's wearing a top hat-ish. Oh. Or like a wide-brim fedora kind of thing. Like... Carmen San Diego. Like the ghost of Frank Sinatra or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. And uh that's pretty much it. He just creeps you out. But yeah, this brother and sister were recently reminiscing about their childhood and they're like, Wait, you saw Hatman too? Because one oh. of them was explaining their experiences. Like <sighs> I saw him all the time in the hallway, walking with his briefcase towards my room. I'd close my door. I wouldn't hear anything. I'd open it again when I was brave enough. Nobody was there. Holy cow. Okay. That's actually an important thing. Yeah, I agree. If you are experiencing something, I feel like you should tell, like especially siblings, you should tell your siblings. And in this scenario, us. <laughs> yeah. Because chances are, or like like with the other, the roommates, you know, if multiple people are experiencing it, it's more than just your <laughs> imagination. True, true. I know you're next, but I'm going to tell a quick one. Is that okay? Go for it. I wasn't going to share this, but that reminds me. Go, go, go. This is actually from a podcast called Radio Rental. And that's actually a recommendation of mine. 
it's kind of like our podcast, except all the stories are really produced and dramatized. Mm. So if you want to hear some voice acting and sounds and stuff like that, go so, listen. So listen. nothing like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess it's the only similarity is they're telling first and secondhand experiences okay. of scary or creepy incidences. Okay. But one of the stories I was listening... <clears throat> so real quick, last night I got an insane amount of energy and I was like, I need to go jog. And it's like eight or nine at night. <laughs> And uh, so I go outside and I start running and I look up and lo and behold, it's a full moon. <laughs> it happen, happens like every month, dude. <laughs> I get like mad, mischievous. I'm like, I want to go do something. I want to go spray paint on something. Charles I thought you were talking about the full moon. It happens every month. <laughs> <laughs> Did y'all know this thing? Like, yeah. <laughs> Damn, Damn, it goes that? away and it comes back. Like, <laughs> every month it gets smaller and bigger. <laughs> I'm sorry. No. <laughs> Anyway, so I was jogging last night through my neighborhood, and there's a surprisingly lack of street lights in my neighborhood, and I'm <laughs> listening to this scary story, and legit got creeped out. Oh. <clears throat> so it's a story of this, this, this kid, and when he was younger, he had a reoccurring dream. And in his dream, this woman would show up to his house, and he understood that she was the babysitter. And every time she would come, she would insist on doing the same thing. And it was, we need to play hide and go seek. And he would remember thinking, I'm, you know, I don't want to play or I'm really hungry. But every time she would insist, we have to play hide and go seek first. And so she would like leave in a, in a room and she would run off and go hide. And he would have to go find her. And um, he remembers one particular time where he looks all around for her until finally he gets to his parents' room. In his parents' room, they had a large bed. And below the bed, they had like a, a sheet that went from the bed to the ground. And it's parted. And so he would walk in. And he'd be looking around until finally he is standing near the door and he looks under the bed and he could see a shape. And as he's staring, he realized it's a person. Furthermore, it's the babysitter and she's staring at him smiling. And so he says they sit there like that for a couple minutes just staring at each other and he doesn't know if she can see him. Or he doesn't know if she knows he can see her. And so as they're staring at each other, she's smiling. And he says she's like in this contorted position. When all of a sudden, she crawls out from under the bed and flies towards him. Oh, what? Flies? Just like super fast moves towards him. Floating off the ground or just like... No, I think like rushing or running. But he says it's like uncannily fast. Mm, Nope. And then he wakes up. And so he has this dream so much as a kid that it's pretty much a memory, right? Like he's not sure anymore. Is it a memory? Is it a dream? He's really uncomfortable. It really stresses him out for a long time. Hmm. Hmm. Fast forward. Many years later him and his brother are having dinner with his mom 
and he remembers the dream. And so he says, hey, Ma, did we ever have anyone but our family babysit us when we were little? And she goes, oh, no, no, no. I would have like one of your aunts or, you know, grandma do it. So he's like, oh, okay, must be a dream. So at that point, he's he feels more comfortable with sharing the entire dream. So he shares it with her, and as he's telling it, his mom seems like she's getting more and more concerned. And she keeps saying, like insisting, no, 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 this is just a meant Like no one like that ever babysat you. Are you sure? Are you sure like this didn't happen? Mm-hmm. So she's like way more concerned. His brother's not saying anything, and he just doesn't know. He's like, I don't know. It's really weird. It feels almost real. So him and his brother get in the car and they start to leave. And his brother goes, hey, describe me that lady one more time. And so he does. She was tall and skinny with really dark hair. And so he describes her and said, did anyone like that babysit us when we were little? And his brother says, I distinctly remember someone like that being in our house when we were little. What? And he said, his brother wasn't joking. And he said, like, tell me everything you can remember or something like that. And they discuss it, but they they have no idea. Somehow they both have this memory of this woman being in their house when they were little. Bro, I think the mom's hiding something too. <laughs> Dude, I didn't even think of that. Because the way true. that you're like describing her, be like, no, no, dude, she's hella hiding something. <laughs> well, I told this story from memory, so go listen to Radio Rental. <laughs> Radio Rental Podcast. <laughs> um, but that's a good theory. Sounds like the mom's hiding something. I like how it's easier for you guys to accept that the mom is abusive rather than something <laughs> supernatural happening. <laughs> I'm like, oh, she's hitting him. <laughs> She had a mask she'd put on or something. I don't know. (laughs) And you're up. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart, my head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, We want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest Uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash 3am. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right. We're going to 
lift all of our spirits a little bit by telling another scary story. (laughs) So I got a couple. First one is a little shorter, but still spooky. So this is a story that happened back east in Auburn, Pennsylvania. A family, young family, on the market for a home. They look high and low for their perfect dream home, and they come across this home that's like an older home, but it's perfect for their needs, and it's just like super pretty on the outside, has well-maintained lawn, stuff like that. It has been the owner, or it's been owned by four or five families to their knowledge, and no murders or anything to their knowledge as well, right? They decide to buy it, signed off pretty easily, and they move in. Really nothing happens in this home, nothing scary. They decide, though, that, you know, as it's starting to get colder, they're going to re-insulate their baby's room. Mm -hmm. So they start tearing down the walls in their baby's room, and instantly this stench fills the house. And they said that it actually made some of them sick, and they had to, like, leave the house and, like, stay somewhere else for the evening. They start taking off all the walls and find hundreds of dead animals in the walls, along with herbs and things like that. <laughs> Wait, what kind of animals? What kind of all herbs? Kinds, all kinds of animals. <laughs> kind of I, I, I don't know what kind of herbs. Just like a bottle of, or a can of Old Bay seasoning. Oregano. <laughs> Just the Creole seasoning, whatever it is. Uh, it, it could be Creole. I don't know, dude. <laughs> Um, just like stuffed into the walls, stuffed in the walls. They were mummified as well. So they're like wrapped and then stuck in the walls. And they find out that these bodies of animals are stuffed throughout the whole house. Oh, oh man, that's crazy. This was, <laughs> Holy this was in 2011. That recent. I was thinking like 1932. <laughs> nope. Nope. Um, now as they, continue taking down the walls they're already like neck deep and like buying this home now they can't sell it because of all the stuff that's going on and they're like twenty thousand, like more in the hole trying to fix everything they even started like a gofundme to like help them get out of this house i checked the gofundme and it's no longer there but maybe hopefully let's hopefully just tell they ourselves out. they got out <laughs> so i started doing a little bit of research and there is an old American magic called uh, powwowing. Like, have you ever heard of a powwow? I have. Mm-hmm. So I've been one. That my uh, dad called it the sex talk. The sex talk. <laughs> Originally, it was called powwowing when all of the shamans in like that northeastern United States, early United States, would like gather and like do their spells and stuff like that. And apparently the animals and spices and herbs that were all stuffed in the walls were part of that magic that like native American magic, native American. And actually I think it was like the people who crossed the ocean, like and settled there because they even made like a a movie about powwow magic. What? It was called uh, the (laughs) bitch. The Vava itch. 
<laughs> this is a this is an older movie though. It is Apprentice to Murder. I don't like that. Um, and those animals though apparently are part of a good spell that they would cast to protect the family from sickness and from like bad things happening to them. But this is still 2011. Yeah. And the the thing about that too is those bodies of the animals had been in the house for four other families living there. So their perfect house was just an old house? Yeah, it was an old house. They were about it. Just not about the dead animals in the walls. Did they get out? I don't know. Like I said, like the, the GoFundMe is down, but they had set one up initially. So I'm hoping they got out. So did you say you the nature of the spell was to protect like the dwelling or the people living in the house? For that spell specifically, yeah. I wonder if that like how real that is. Like if it like if it was actually affected effective for the family or for anyone else That's who a good lived question. there. That reminds me of another story. Go for it. This was a friend of mine who also served a Mormon mission, but it was in Brazil. And if you remember, Mormon missionaries always come in pairs. They're called companionships. Help each other teach, learn the language. (laughs) Not break rules. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Basically. So his companion, who was also American, was really sick. I don't know exactly what it was. But he had a pain in his stomach for a few days. And they were out somewhere where it wasn't close to the city. It's a pretty rural area. So they didn't have access to a hospital. They could have gone, but... It was just the extra effort. Yeah. Yeah. Being a 19-year-old American in a third-world country, you don't want to ride the the bus. Well, let's see if we die. Yeah. <laughs> More scared of the actual hospital. Yeah. yeah. Dude, speaking on that, I stepped on a rusty nail on my mission and I was like, I'm probably good. <laughs> oh, totally. Didn't dude. go to the doctor. Yeah. So while they're working one day, just knocking on doors, they come across this one part of town where it's almost like a town square and there's like a bunch of commotion going on. Mm-hmm. You see people slowly start congregating in the middle of the square. <clears throat> and it's just, this crowd is getting bigger and bigger and they're just watching and they don't know what's going on. So they decide to go join the crowd mm-hmm. and somehow they wedge their way through all these people and they get to the inner part of the circle where there's a big space and inside the space is a man Claiming that he can heal. Hmm. He can heal people's sicknesses and take away their pain. And before anybody goes up, this missionary, the companion, volunteers himself. Says, yeah, I'm sick. I've had a pain in my stomach for... The past few days. Can he do something about it? So the man runs up to him. Holds him by his arms. And drags him into the middle of the circle. And he lets go of his arms. And is walking around looking at him. Everyone starts to quiet down. 
and the man reaches into his back pocket and slowly raises his hand high above his head and he has this smooth, large, black stone. And he starts speaking. Not exactly sure what he's saying. But while he's speaking, he puts the stone on this missionary's stomach and starts rubbing it in a circular motion mm-hmm. on his stomach. And this goes on for maybe like 30 seconds, so not super long. And he takes the stone and puts it back in his pocket. And not one minute later, the missionary leaves the middle of the circle, goes back with his companion, my friend. And my friend is like, I don't know if we should have done that. (laughs) After the fact. Maybe. (laughs) At first, he's like, let's see how this goes. Afterwards, he's like, I don't know if we should have done that. So as they exit the circle, they wedge through all the people again. By the time they get out, his companion says, I'm not feeling anything anymore. My stomach feels fine. And immediately my friend is just cautious of that. Hmm. You know. So just to make sure your friend's not the one who got just to make sure your friend's not the one who got cured. No. Ugh. Okay. It was his companion. Yeah. So they go on about their business for their the next week or so and he's fine. Nothing happens. Right. They're <clears throat> So in your mission, there's usually around 150 to 200 missionaries, and you're you're all assigned in different areas, mm-hmm. and there's different people in leadership who oversee that area. Yeah, there's like a structure, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. of leadership. Yeah, and the main leader is called the mission president. So he's the one who orchestrates, you know, this companionship will be here. This companionship will be in this area, um, amongst other ecclesiastical things. Mm-hmm. But periodically, they have something. They have meetings with missionaries in concentrated areas. So the mission president comes by. He brings his wife. They have trainings all day, workshops. Mm-hmm. They have lunch together, so they have mm-hmm. time to sit with the mission president and uh, just kind of hang out with a little bit with him and with all the other missionaries. And this missionary brings up, you know, last week I was sick. And while we were proselyting throughout the town, we came across this medicine man, priest, and he had a black rock that he rubbed over my stomach. And after that, I felt a lot better. And the mission president had this look of almost fear on his face. And he says, I would not do that again. But I want to give you a blessing. So in the Mormon church, there's something called the laying on of hands. And it's it's a, just a traditional blessing um, for those who are sick or afflicted or need comfort and need some direction. Oh, it's it's pretty it's pretty much like a prayer mm-hmm. type of ordinance. But this mission president puts his hand upon this kid's head and starts giving the blessing, saying that you know 
basically giving him the blessing. As soon as the mission president closes his blessing with amen, this missionary gets a searing pain in his stomach. And they take him to the hospital. And from that point, I'm not sure exactly what happened. I think they took care of it in the hospital. But I've always wondered what that black rock was. And if it was, I don't know, good or bad magic. Even though it seemed like it cured him. Mm-hmm. I wondered if there was like like a catch or something. It was like masking it or just yeah. hiding it. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, also, placebo's real. If he's told, hey, this is going to cure you, maybe that was enough for him. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. That's wild. My my first guess, just because regionally it's in Brazil, is Macumba, which is the black magic of Brazil. And I know I don't know too much of Macumba other than there are Brazilians who are terrified of it. Hmm. Yeah, so the animals in the house, that's why I was questioning earlier if... Good magic? Know, if it was good or bad magic, if anything happened or was prevented because of it. So it didn't sound like there were any other stories that came out of the house. Mm-hmm. Um, this family, no. There was nothing bad that happened to them besides just getting super in debt trying to get out and like fix up the house hmm. finding all those animals though I in would, your in the in the walls i'd be upset that's though. like my friend who stayed at the airbnb oh yeah and throughout their entire time staying there they would hear like hissing and like scratching in the walls the scariest this, part is the first book she picks up out of the bookshelf. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and oh, opens yeah. it up. There's a handwritten note <laughs> that says, like, get out now or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's the ter- most Bro, terrifying I'm going to start doing that in Airbnbs. Oh, my gosh. That's ingenious. And, like, leaving the book, like, a little, like, pulled out. So that's a the jar. one that they... Subconsciously, that's the first one you choose. Yep. Mm. Yep. Make it at, like, eye level. Make it the brightest book. Pull it out just, like, two millimeters. Yep. And so they'll think. And then the, the note just says, mm. get out while you still can. Yeah. That's a trick in retail and in grocery stores. Yeah. <laughs> when they stock, they don't put it completely perfect because people don't want to mess that up. Yeah. They'll take out a few, mess up a little, so it's like easy to grab one. You know, you don't think about messing it yeah, up. Yeah. Or I'm going to line them all up. They'll also <laughs> do like the, the more expensive, like sugary things closer to a child's level. Mm. <laughs> How dare they? Yep, dude, that tricks of them trades. <laughs> Did you have more? I do got another story. Ooh! There's a little urban legend Yes. from when I lived in Ohio. So this urban legend is about a very wealthy farmer lived in Cuyahoga National Park in Ohio, what was then the national or uh, what is now the national park. And he was a very, very wealthy farmer. And it was said that each child that he and his wife had, he would go and build a barn and name the barn after the child, after the child. Hmm. So they had had successfully six children to this point. 
He's built six different barns. And then his wife gets pregnant with a seventh. And in the delivery, both the wife and the baby pass away. So This is a long time ago? This is a long, long time ago. Dude, yeah, childbirth was no joke, bro. Yeah. Um, I don't He's even... all relieved because he doesn't have to build another barn. <laughs> so like, a grave is cheaper than a barn. <laughs> unfortunately, he'd already built the barn when he knew they were expecting their seventh. Of course he did. <laughs> this was their seventh barn that he'd built. Now, after a few weeks of grieving and like this farmer starting to lose his fortune as he's like not caring for the farm and the animals and the crops and everything like that. Uh, the, the farm's basically just losing its money Mm. in a fit of depression. He takes each of his children out to the barn with their name on it and takes an ax to them and kills them and then buries them in the barn. And then he goes to the seventh barn and hangs himself. How selfish, dude. Imagine (laughs) life being so bad for you, not working out. It's like, well, life's not going to work out for you either. But I don't don't know. In his sick mind, maybe he thought he was like ending all their suffering. Mm. Now, the legend goes that if you go out to the seventh barn during the night you can see the shadow of him hanging by the rafters and see the shadow on the ground. Now, this is a long, long time ago. And since then, the property that was his had been sectioned off. All these barns were now owned by different people. And they had actually lost, like, we lost the history of where the barns were. Mm-hmm. Mm. Uh, there was a school teacher in Ohio who said he figured out where they were. He said he figured out where they were and was going to go out there at night to, like, you know, see if that legend is real. And he go for it, mate. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> he and his son go out to where he believed these barns were, and to the seventh barn specifically, and. They were never seen again. His wife, his wife, the next day after not hearing from them, called the police, reported a missing missing person, and they found his abandoned vehicle parked somewhere along the road, close to an area that was predominantly farmland. But they never found him or his son again, and that's the legend of the seventh barn. Ooh. The Seventh Barn. That's a good name. I wonder if the father turned on his son. Like, if there's a spirit there. Oh, he's like, I'm going to end Like your the shining, problems. dude. And yeah. Then hangs, the, hangs himself after committing the deed. Mm-hmm. That Bro, is like the shining. He came in with the axe. That's a high stakes urban legend right there. Yeah. yeah. Usually it's like, you hear a tapping on your door. This one's like, you die. And... <laughs> Takes you I and mean, your son. <laughs> I know where the Cuyahoga National Park is and have been there. Well, let us know. But I don't recall seeing any barns specifically. Like, mm. yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Jeez. Could be a campfire story, but seems like could also have some legitimacy to it. 
That's all that I got today. That's a good one. That is a good one. I I, I just love like classic urban legends. That's a classic one. Mm -hmm. Hmm. That's almost like, what's that Stephen King movie where the father kills the wife? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, What was that? Pet Cemetery? No, no, no. It was the farmer who kills the wife and his son. Was it called like 1920 something? Something like that, yeah, yeah. 1986? 1922. That's what it's called. Told you. All right. I was going to share a couple, but I'm chopping it down. I'm sharing one. So this is a real story. Someone submitted this. So this takes place in Indiana, the Midwest. And they said when they were growing up, they lived in this suburban neighborhood. And one summer... Several families, family pets get murdered in their homes. So it happens three times where the family wakes up and the throat is slashed of their dog or their cat is like skinned and it's in their garage or like living room. So by the fourth time this happens, the police issue an alert. Because there's someone out there targeting family pets. And the person who submitted this, she's a young lady at the time. She is absolutely in love with her German shepherd. And considers it a family member. So she decides then and there that the German shepherd is going to sleep in her room. (laughs) I already know, dude. Where this is going. So... Everyone's in a panic because someone is killing their pets. One night, she's sleeping and she's woken up to a noise. And she feels over in her bed and her German Shepherd isn't by her. So she instantly sits up in bed and looks and her German Shepherd is pointed at the door. And its back hairs are all bristled, and it's doing a low growl. And she's terrified. There is no lock on her door, so she doesn't know what to do. At that moment, her dog lets out like an ear-splitting bark. And she hears... And she decides to yell for her dad. So she screams at the top of her lungs for her dad. She hears him rush out of the room. And then there's some sort of like scuffle as he runs downstairs and she hears a door slam. Hmm. And what her dad says is when he came out of the room, he could see downstairs into the kitchen and there was someone standing in the kitchen. So he immediately turned the light on and by then turned and the person was climbing back out the window, ran down, tried to catch him. Person's gone. Oh, dang. Wow. So pets continue to die and everyone's super afraid until finally they catch the person who did it. Turns out It was the girl's neighbor. What? A 17-year-old boy who decided to start 
killing family pets up and down the street and all around the neighborhood. And when they asked him why he did it, he said, because it was fun. Ugh, psychopath. And unfortunately, because he wasn't a serial killer of people, it never hit like national news or anything. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's any sources out there, but. Did anything happen to him? I think they took him to jail. Okay. Yeah. Your pets are no longer going to be terrorized (laughs) or killed. At least by him. By him. There's a video that I recently watched of a young girl. She must have been five, six, seven years old. But she would constantly hurt her classmates. Whether it was something as simple as pushing them down or like chasing them with like scissors. So she what? had like she had a compulsion or something. Mhm. And there's a video of this I I believe like a therapist speaking with her and just trying to reason with her, you know, like you are causing people pain and that's not good. And you could just see in her face like she's has no remorse. In fact, there's a few times where she's smiling and she talks about how much like like it feels good to hurt other people and then to find that her up yeah it's scary how like sometimes evil is legitimately just wiring in someone's brain do you think there is anybody who didn't learn that because initially someone people would say like oh the parents no i think there totally is i think some people are wired wrong and so, like, their pleasure comes from, like, pain or inflicting pain. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that a lot of it, too, is environmental. Like, even if they're wired wrong, what affects you or I in one way will probably affect them a different way and they'll react differently. I definitely think environmental plays a part, but I think there are cases that it doesn't matter how well they were treated – there's like something wrong bro we need to be mind hunters (laughs) we know the sciences (laughs) that means we have to go to like 15 more years of school bro maybe like 16 for me (laughs) it's so complicated when you get to that point especially if you know in like the justice system how do you how do you like bring justice to somebody who thinks that's okay. Or justice is someone who has multiple personalities and they weren't aware that they did it in the first place. Well, that's why there's like the insanity. You can plead insanity. Plead insanity, yeah. Right. Hmm. But like, should that be a thing? Like, they still murdered someone. And how many people take advantage of that too? True. Oh, uh, most people try to. Yeah. The issue is you have to commit to playing that role for a very long time. Yeah. I don't know. I do know there's a lot of people who have committed terrible murders and who are out of jail. For instance, there was an Asian guy who, I mean, it doesn't matter that he's Asian. I don't know why I mentioned that, but he was. (laughs) He was riding on a Greyhound bus and people were sleeping and they woke up to him sawing the head off of the person in front of him and he had gone off his antipsychotic meds and they had to pull over 
and the cops, he was like pretty much holding people hostage in the Greyhound, holding the head up to like the police and shit. What? And he's out of jail because he pled insanity. insanity and did his time and now he's out. Changed his name. Could be me. No, I'm just kidding. Could be any Asian boy. <laughs> you see. Um, there was like a, uh, there was a man who I think he was on Ambien. He drove to his in-laws house, murdered them. Um, the kids were there in the house while he murdered and it was just like bloodbath and came home and got in bed with his wife and he got out of jail and she like continued to be with him, I think, for a while. Slept Maybe in the same bed as him. That was planned between the two of them. Take that out because there's so much I'm missing with that. Hmm. All right, I got to share one more because you made me. I wasn't going to, but I got it. <laughs> Go, please. This is back in the time of chat rooms. And this kid was in a specific chat room for Pokemon lovers. Ooh. What was your first email name or. Like, <laughs> username on a chat room or gamer tag. I can tell you mine. What was yours? I think I created it for eBay <laughs> because I wanted to get, nice. like, I wanted to get hard to get, like, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Nice. It was Cool Ice 1, 2, 3. <laughs> so you were a Gatorade flavor? <laughs> you were, like, the next Dorito chip? <laughs> Icebreaker mint. <laughs> Uh, I'm not going to tell you that, but I'll tell you the first booster pack I ever bought of Pokemon cards had a holographic Blastoise in it. You struck gold, boy. Damn. I was like, I had to trade and trade and trade to get a holographic Blastoise. I I was water from the day I was born, bro. (laughs) Accurate. Anyway, so he's in this chat room. It ranges from 12-year-old to 16-year-old. And this chat room is kept up for so long. Um, he said uh, a lot of them spoke almost every day for five years. And he got so close to some of them, he would IM them directly or even go on phone calls with them. So this one kid in particular. Which he, is better because if you speak to them and you hear that they're a kid too. then True. They got this deep they, voice. You're like, I They sound like you're Santa 16. Claus. <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Instead of ho, ho, ho. No, I'm just kidding. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... He gets super close with this one kid and speaks to him pretty regularly mm-hmm. for like hours a week on the phone. And they just talk about, you know, normal kid stuff. And he said this kid was obsessed with monster movies. So Godzilla, Mothra, other monster movies I can't think of. <laughs> Alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but he was from like rural Midwest. Oh, yep. No, can't trust him. (laughs) And he said that the friendship was going well until one day his friend tells him on the phone, sometimes I black out and when I wake up, I'm either hurting an animal or one of my younger cousins. Oh, what? Instantly, the kid on the phone sick to his stomach and is too young 
and emotionally immature to deal with the information he just received. And so he goes into further detail and he says he lives in a really rural area and there's a lot of animals around and he has a lot of younger cousins who are running around and he can't control it, but it's happening more and more. He'll black out and he'll wake up and he'll either be killing a small animal or hurting one of his younger cousins. Like I said, while he's sharing this, he's like close to tears. Like it's not a joke and he feels like he knows him well enough that he wouldn't do something like this. He's Mm -hmm. talked to him for years. Right. And as he's getting emotional and telling this, he says, one of my uncles is, became convinced that I was possessed. And so they did an exorcism. And he said, what they did was they took him into a dark room and they tied him to a bed. And they all began to chant and pray around him and they lit candles. And the kid is on the phone, the not possessed one. And he said, he's like tears in his eyes and he's frozen. And the other one said, during the possession, when all my aunts and uncles were screaming, sorry, during the exorcism, when all my aunts and uncles are screaming, we heard a thud under the bed. And he remembers seeing something crawl its way out from under the bed and try to get to the door. And he blacked out. What? Holy shit. That's sick. That's scary. He says he hasn't blacked out since and that his uncles said he's cured. What did they say happened to the thing that was crawling towards the door? They don't talk about it. And so the kid said he pretty much never talked to this kid again. And then that was probably the scariest thing he's ever heard. That's terrifying. (laughs) Like if I was just talking to one of you guys on the phone and all of a sudden you're like, I was exercised. And I'm being dead ass serious. (laughs) I would be like, what? Bro, I have a friend in high school whose mom like legit kind of tried to exercise him. Not that he was possessed. He was just being a major asshole. <laughs> she was hella she Christian. to exercise him with her chanclas. But it was kind of like the rumors in high school. Everyone was like, bro, did you hear that? So-and-so's mom tried to like exercise his ass. <laughs> they call it El Diablo. <laughs> he wasn't Mexican. Why do you guys? <laughs> Hom- homie was white. But anyway. You go over to your white friend's house and they're just screaming back at their mom. Like you're like. Bro, I legit went to my, I'm not going to say what race he was, but he was white as hell. <laughs> and I came into his house and he's at the top of his stairs. And his mom's like at the bottom. And he's like, oh, fuck you, mom. Fuck you. And I was like, all right, I'm going to head out. <laughs> and I was like, if I said that to my mom, she would whoop my ass, dude. <laughs> and yeah, that it was wild. I was like, this is anarchy another world (laughs) (laughs) did your parents spank you hell yeah i got spanked once i got spanked like twice and i remember specifically thinking well that's stupid (laughs) never gonna get in trouble or caught again so yeah definitely not getting caught again (laughs) yeah i was like four and i was like well that was dumb (laughs) 
Be like, I'm going to reevaluate what I did and figure out how to do it better next time. I don't even have to ask your brown ass that you got hit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got hit. In fact, I would let my mom hit me and then I'd, I'd run away and I'd like run up to the second floor and peek my head down to the stairs. And I'd be like, that didn't hurt. <laughs> she'd come chasing me. <laughs> Just asking for more. <laughs> Bro, I went to a hood ass elementary school. Mm. And so... It, third grade we'd play football so we'd all line up like facing each other and then you'd like put your fist on the ground and someone would be like blue 42 (laughs) hike and you just stand up and start swinging it was just a big fist fight (laughs) and one time this kid was choking me on the ground and i was like i can't even feel it that doesn't even hurt and he was like like seriously choking me out i was like that doesn't hurt and then i blacked out Oh. <laughs> and when i woke up committed to the cause bro. <laughs> everyone was lined up to go back to class and i was like oh damn i'm late <laughs> ran and got in line nobody cared that you were dead <laughs> a dead child on the ground hey, Char- charlie's over there he's not moving <laughs> yeah. bro i i legit went to it was called oh, i'll just say it. it was called viva blunt that was the name of my school viva blunt yep live blunt <laughs> something like that but I, we got to school one day morning and it was covered in blood. Oh, what? And they didn't clean it up till like after lunch. And turns out someone got stabbed <sighs> and ran through my school and got oh. their blood everywhere. What? Yeah, I got there. I was like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> there was a, uh, there's an elementary school by my favorite or one of my favorite beaches in Hawaii. Both of these dudes have been there. Remember Sherwoods? Chee, bro. Yeah, so right before you reach Sherwoods, maybe a mile before, um, there's an elementary school, like right pretty close to the main town. Is that Mm. where your homies jumped off like the bus into the lake? No, that's the next town (laughs) over. (laughs) Yeah, that one's (laughs) sick though. Basically, uh, this elementary school, there's a legend of the blue girl. What? The blue girl, there was a flood at that school, and one child died Died there. She drowned. Yikes. So people have just reported seeing a little girl, and her skin is blue. She's just walking around playing still at the school. But <laughs> That was almost my ass. Moaning <laughs> myrtle up in here. If he would have <laughs> held on for like three more seconds, I would have been the blue boy. <laughs> Blue face baby. (laughs) (laughs) That was almost me, bro. (laughs) Uh, I hate blue face. Anyway, this is the 3 a.m. podcast. My name is Charlie. That's Sean. And that's DJ. We're just a bunch of friends (laughs) who tell stories first and second hand. And, uh, joke about them. (laughs) Make a light. (laughs) If you made it through this episode, props. Because yeah. we don't know how we made it through this If you had to describe this uh, podcast in one word, mine for this week would be irreverent. <laughs> Very. Y'all good for the night? <sighs> yep. So good. Dude, until next time then. Bye, love you, be safe. Trust your gut and watch your back.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. I want to take a moment to tell you about my podcast. Carol Costello presents Blind Rage. In 1984, a woman named Phyllis Cottle was abducted in broad daylight, tortured and left to die in a burning car in Akron, Ohio. At the time, I was a rookie reporter covering this horrific story. Since then, I've reported every kind of crime imaginable. I've been able to leave most of them at work, but not this one. The one that buried itself under my skin and stayed put. Phyllis Cottle was a badass woman, and I want to tell you her story. A production of Evergreen Podcasts and signature title of the Killer Podcast Network, you can find Carol Costello Presents Blind Rage wherever you get your podcasts. Discover more great true crime and paranormal programming at killerpodcast.com.